the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. I don't have to show you how to stinking This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Good news, everybody. The Republicans are still negotiating <laughs> on an Obamacare tweak. It's not a repeal. It's a tweak. It's not, it's not replacement. They're just going to repackage it and take credit for it. So when it fails, it can be a Republican crucifixion. Uh, welcome to it, everybody, the Chris Salcedo Show. And yes, it will fail. Because the same folks who wrote Obamacare, guess what? They're, they're writing the replacement for Obamacare. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, telephone number for the Chris Salcedo Show is 888-933-93. I am asking this in earnest. If, if you have an idea of what you would like to see done, it's only your health care. It's only the health care of your family. It's only the health care of your kids. Or if you're a kid, it's only your family's health care. If you have an idea of what you would like to see done, why don't you call me? 888 Your ideas can't be any worse than what they're bandying about up there on Capitol Hill. No, certainly no worse than Obamacare. So that's happening today. We'll get into that in short order on the Chris Alcedo Show. Also a visit with Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch, doing some great work over there they are. Getting in touch with the program is easy to do. Social media on Twitter, the, uh, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas. Facebook, the Chris Salcedo Show, the Chris Salcedo Show. Email, by the way, on Facebook. There's an email link right there for you. Uh, listen to the show live, blaze.com slash radio, blaze radio smartphone app, iHeartRadio app, on-demand listening, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Head to theblaze.com and check out the channel section. That's theblaze.com and the channels section. Uh, the, the reason, you know, let, let me answer the question. Who is writing the Obamacare replacement bill? Uh, I'm sorry, the Ob- Obamacare repeal bill. No, I'm sorry. The Obamacare tweak bill. Uh, it is the same folks who teamed up with Barack Obama to impose this garbage law on us. The traitorous insurance companies, the big hospital conglomerates, and um, big pharma. That The reason why you hear Mitch McConnell getting up there saying, this is really hard. The reason why he says it's really hard is because you've got all of these all of these special interests who want the GOP to make sure that they get their money to make sure that that they continue that, that the the trend that started under Obamacare which is these companies not having to work for a living just guaranteed your money that that trend continues so they don't have to compete and they don't have to worry about market share and they don't have to worry about lowering prices or any of that the same people who bought off the Democrats the last eight years are buying off the Republicans, save four or five of them. And those are the ones who are holding up. Well, I shouldn't say universally. I mean, Senator Cruz, Senator Mike Lee, Rand Paul, uh, the guy, 
the senator from what is his name? Hoven, heaven, whatever. No, not heaven. Uh, the guy from uh, Nevada is just a, a Republican moderate crony who who doesn't either have the will to articulate to his constituency what's going on or doesn't have the ability. And what's going on is, is Medicaid was expanded improperly. So uh, residents Obama threw a whole bunch of ineligible people onto Medicaid who didn't belong. Now, there are a couple of statistics that I am hearing about eligibility for Medicaid. I am hearing that Obama made it so that people who are 400% of poverty level are eligible for Medicaid. So for a one person household, that means if you're making $47,000, $47,500 a year, you're eligible for Medicaid. Single person family. If you're a family of four, if you're making 97,200, you are eligible for Medicaid. Now, Many of you are going, wait a minute, I don't make 97K a year in a family of four. How are those folks eligible for Medicaid? And how did a, a Medicaid program that was designed for poor children, poor women, vulnerable women, and disabled folks, how are all of these folks able-bodied being able to, to be put on there? Now, I'm also hearing that it's 133% of poverty level is what the eligibility is. And that puts uh, a single person to what? 16 grand. 16 grand. Uh, if you make that and you're a single person, you're eligible for Medicaid. But I, uh, again, I've got to confirm that, but I tend to believe it, it's 400% of poverty level, but I have to confirm that. I think it was Charles Krauthammer who I heard that from two nights ago, but I will, I will do my best to confirm that uh, for you. So did you did you guys know that there are there are laws that are passed that prevent doctors from banding together and starting their own hospitals? Did you know that? Now, you have to ask yourself, who in their right mind would pass a law that prohibits competition? Who would do that? Who would say, uh, you doctors, you are now a slave class. Uh, you can't go out and team up with the doctors and, and build a better mousetrap that would be able to eliminate insurance companies and eliminate these big uh, medical groups and cut them out of the picture. You won't be able to do that. Who in their right mind would do such a thing? Well, we have to go to a Forbes article that was written April 5th of 2010. Big community hospitals supported President, I'm sorry, President Obama's health care overhaul. In exchange, they are getting something they have desperately wanted for years. A ban on new competition. The health overhaul was, of course, supposed to be about expanding coverage to the uninsured and slowing down the inexorable rise of health care costs, though the second goal was more talk than reality buried in the hundreds of pages of legalese and footnotes and handouts unrelated to these goals. The recipients are favored groups that went along with the Obamacare reform among them were the traders insurance companies. That's my words, not David Whelan's uh, big pharma and the like 
And yes, these big medical groups, the big hospitals that, you know, that own all these hospitals all over the country, they didn't want their doctors going out and starting up hospitals that could run more efficiently that instead of charging exorbitant amounts of money for, you know, medication, you guys have heard of the $200 Tylenol, right? Uh, you were given a dose of Tylenol, 200 bucks. I told you the story yesterday of a, of a caller to the Chris Salcedo show in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, who said to me, Chris, I, I went in, my son had a, an emergency appendectomy. I paid the doctor 500 bucks. I paid the anesthesiologist a thousand bucks and the hospital charged me five grand. <laughs> you were charged five grand for occupying the space for, I guess, paying the nurse, nursing staff and uh, the electricity, I suppose. Meanwhile, the doctor and the anesthesiologist, the folks who did the operation, they only charged you a grand and a half. Uh, on the Houston show yesterday, guy called me up, said I had an MRI scheduled. I went there, I gave them my insurance. They said it was going to cost me three grand. He said, well, what, what if I pay cash? He said, oh, it's 400 bucks. Um, you guys are beginning to see the problem. Are you not? Now, do you think the Republican plan will be any better than the travesty that we're living under now under Obamacare? I can tell you the reason why Mitch McConnell's having such a hard time writing a law is because he has a margin. He has 52 senators and there are actually conservative senators in there who are who are in it for the benefit of the American people, not in it for the benefit of big pharma, not in it for the benefit of the traitorous insurance companies or these big medical facilities. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Mitch McConnell's not doing it necessarily for the ability for those crony capitalists to continue to get their hands in our pockets, although that's the net result. He's doing it because those moneyed interests will keep on filling up his campaign coffers just like they filled up the campaign coffers of the Democrats. Just as they, they as Obama sold, it always surprised me about leftists and their blind support for resident Obama. The man, the man got out there and said, oh, the insurance companies suck, the insurance companies suck, and they were, the, the doctors are greedy. And then he's behind, behind the scenes cutting a deal with the insurance companies. The insurance companies going, yeah. You get out there, Obama. You force them to buy our product. And you know what? We're not going to compete. We're going to have exorbitant pricing and crappy products. Go ahead, Obama. You do it. And oh, yeah, we'll make sure you get, get plenty of padding in those Democrat campaign coffers. So there you go. That's where we start off today. And the question is open to all of you. Yes, I'm talking to you. Because this affects every man, woman, and child in the sound of my voice. What do you think they ought to do up there on Capitol Hill? Mitch McConnell set another vote for Friday. Get it done by Friday, says Mitch McConnell, or I'm going to go talk to the Democrats. <laughs> Heck, I, I, you know what? Letting Obamacare fail is uh, looking better and better and better to me. At least uh, conservatives won't be 
tarred and feathered with owning the failure. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. If we don't reach agreement by Friday, is probably the end of a sole party effort for health care. Then if we don't reach by Friday, then the way forward is as Obamacare collapses, challenge Democrats to work with us to find something better. Senator Lindsey Graham saying the Democrats may be the answers to the Republicans' Obamacare problem. However, Senator Lindsey Graham uh, fails to recognize that the reason why we have a problem to begin with is because of those very same Democrats. <laughs> I, this is surreal. I, you know, it is fair to criticize the Republican Party for not doing any work the last seven years. They should have had something ready and raring to go. Agreed upon by the caucus so they could have rolled it out, done, over with, on the tax reform. I, I just, such an opportunity wasted, such an opportunity lost. But you know, the good news is, folks, the traitorous insurance companies, those big medical facility groups, big pharma, they're all, their kids will be just fine. That's the good news. And you know what? All those Democrat senators and congressmen and all those Republican senators and congressmen, their kids will be just fine. You're all screwed. But you can all delight. You know, let's all let's all play like liberals. You can all take a delight that the really smart people, the Jonathan Grubers of the world, the Barack Obamas of the world, they'll be taken care of, and so are their families. Uh, you're going to do without so that those wonderful people up in government can get filthy rich. Okay? Just take heart. 888 to New York we go. Hey, Rich. Welcome to the Salcedo Show, man. What say you? Chris, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to bestow some knowledge upon you. <clears throat> uh, apparently, apparently these politicians haven't thought through. I mean, ever since the existence of insurance, I always ask myself, how does it work? How does this, you know, how, how, how does this, you know, I always want to know the whys and the hows of, of everything. And there are a couple of big fundamentals being overlooked uh, by politicians, and they're trying to work around the edges to accomplish uh, the impossible, and that's to provide uh, health care uh, for everyone without it costing a fortune. Okay? Now, first, the first obvious thing is health care is not as a right, you know, despite what Bernie Sanders says, okay? But that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that the insurance model doesn't work for health care. This is why health insurance has been increasing, uh, had been increasing for the last decade before uh, Obamacare. Life insurance, car insurance, homeowners insurance, they work because the circumstances that allow a claim to be made are, are mostly an act of God without the insured being able 
to manipulate their coverage. You understand what I'm saying? No, I understand. But again, this is something we've covered extensively, Rich, on, on the Salcedo show, that the, what we call health insurance today is not health insurance. Health in, Real health insurance would be a catastrophic loss policy that will kick in and cover you should you get hit by a truck or should you have a skydiving accident or right. get, get a get a leukemia or a cancer diagnosis that's that when, when you have exorbitant co- medical care costs that would soak you and, and would bankrupt you that's what catastrophic loss that's true insurance this whole okay. paying twenty dollars for an office visit that's not insurance i don't know what the hell that is but it's not insurance there's where we could have identified the problem and nipped it in the bud uh, decades ago. Instead, uh, somebody has the, the bright idea of passing legislation that you can only buy from providers in your own state. Um, somebody has the bright idea that we're going to charge the same monthly premium for a catastrophic plan as we are for a plan with a $20 deductible. I mean, these are the things that, that existed you know, back then. Now, you could have solved those problems back then without this nightmare of Obamacare. Well, look, the, the sins of conservatives way back in the day when Ted Kennedy was was bestowing upon the country the HMO system with the helps of Democrats. Um, uh, that's just all water under the bridge. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I've always marveled that the Democrats screwed up health insurance and screwed up health care. Uh, and then they say that they are uniquely the ones qualified to fix it all. So, look, and that's where the HMO system came from. Coming up next, Rich, I'm hoping you can listen in. We're going to talk to a good buddy of ours, Dr. James Pickney. He is with Diamond Physicians. And Diamond Physicians is something we call concierge medicine. And concierge medicine is basically you pay a low fee to a doctor's office and unlimited visits and all this kind of thing and 80 percent of your of your medical needs are met out of pocket not paying not not you bypass the traitorous insurance companies you bypass these big hospitals and you bypass most importantly you bypass congress but you need a catastrophic plan but you would need yes the the one thing that they would need to do is restore the catastrophic loss market which has been decimated by obamacare Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Rich. Thank all you, right, buddy. Chris. Appreciate the call. Uh, folks, the, the, the question is open all day long to all of you. What do you think these folks ought to do up on Capitol Hill? 888 is um, It's just your health care. Uh, I would prefer to get Big Pharma, the traders insurance companies, the big medical groups out of the decision-making process to usher back in doctors and the patient's relationship to where they could come up with a, with a pay scale that would work for each individual. Hey, Ellie, you don't have to shout. I mean, I'm right here. <laughs> she's, she's telling me I have to, I have to go. Uh, you guys can hear the music playing. So when we come back, we'll talk to our butter, uh, our butter, our buddy, Dr. James Pickney about uh, well, what concierge medicine is and how it could be a solution to bypassing the traitorous insurance companies, bypassing big pharma, big companies, and Congress. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Chris Salcedo Show. Listen. Dial. Speak. 888-900-3393. I believe we will get to, to yes. It's going to take more discussions. And the most critical question is how do we lower premiums? That's been my central focus from the beginning. You know, for five months, there has been a working group in the Senate uh, working to bring Republicans together and, and unite behind the best approach to repealing Obamacare. Well, you know what? Uh, I would recommend, uh, this is a senator who I trust. That is uh, Senator Ted Cruz, our senator. I, I really trust this guy to uh, do the right thing. I, I would recommend to Senator Cruz, stop talking to the same folks who wrote Obamacare in your repeal efforts. Uh, let's talk to somebody who probably is a little more right-minded than the folks that the GOP leadership is listening to on all of this. Uh, Dr. James Pickney, he is a board-certified family medicine physician. Dr. James studied general surgery at the prestigious Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in LA after graduating from Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. He's the founder and CEO of something called Diamond Physicians, folks, a concierge medical practice focused on the patient-physician relationship, which also seems lost in this whole discussion. Diamond bypasses the cumbersome and inefficient middlemen in the traitorous insurance companies and the like. Dr. James, great to talk with you once again. Hey, Chris, good morning. Uh, the GOP in the Senate has failed on their Obamacare tweak. We can't call it a repeal because they don't repeal anything. They're tweaking Obamacare. Uh, what would you suggest that where would you suggest that they would start if they wanted to have some success? Well, first, we have to address what's going to happen to the 22 million people that under the current bill will lose their insurance. And that's the I think that's the biggest hurdle. Uh, we keep focusing on the insurance premiums, but the marketplace has already been disrupted. Uh, we're not going to, going to go back to 2008. So we have to focus on the future and how do we reinvigorate that patient physician relationship and how do we guarantee access to physicians? Uh, we have a huge shortage. Medicaid and Medicare populations are going to lose uh, coverage and access to their doctor. So what do we do in the meanwhile? Until they come up with a replacement plan uh, and a bona fide legitimate angle on how to increase access to care, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and of those 22,000, uh, uh, millions of those folks who can afford insurance will stop buying it because they'll have a choice once again because right now the government under the threat uh, under threat forces our citizens to buy insurance. So uh, you, you mentioned uh, Medicaid access being lost. It's because the previous administration dumped a whole bunch of ineligible people onto the Medicaid rolls, right? Because it was it was set up to help vulnerable children and vulnerable women and disabled folks. But the last administration says we're going to dump a whole bunch of able-bodied leeches onto onto Medicaid. And that's why so many people who really need it uh, can't get access anymore because doctors are overwhelmed, right? And I've seen that firsthand in the ERs. Unfortunately, uh, people abusing the Medicaid system is very commonplace. We see dozens of cases every day in every single ER in the country uh, because people use the ER as their primary care physician. So if you don't have insurance, uh, you can go into the ER uh, or you can apply for Medicaid in certain situations and you're covered. Uh, also, uh, non-citizens of the U.S. can also go in there and receive care. And unfortunately, we don't have the resources to take care of everybody. So we have to use our resources wisely for the people that really need Medicaid uh, and deserve it. So uh, also education is a huge issue. I'll see children on Medicaid and because their parent uh, couldn't get in to see the doctor, they come to the ER. So now you're spending three or four thousand dollars on a case mm. that should have cost the system fifty dollars. 
And again, that happens over and over again every day. And Obamacare was supposed to fix all of that. Dr. James Pickney is our guest right now, folks, of Diamond Physicians Concierge Medicine. Uh, isn't the cause of Obamacare's failure, or one of the causes of Obamacare's failure, and the, the foreseeable failure of any GOP effort as it stands right now, is all of these money interests who are writing these bills, the traitorous insurance companies, the big hospital groups, big pharma and the like, aren't they the culprits here that they want to get paid and the American people are suffering because of it? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, a lot of the big lobby groups that are that are focusing on uh, these bills are affecting the bills that's detrimental for the American people. We need to go back to the free market system that drives competition, lowers healthcare premiums, and actually improves and injects innovation into the healthcare marketplace. And right now, uh, all the laws are set up for hospitals to gain, for insurance companies to gain, and we really need to look back. Okay, what can we do to allow Americans to access? healthcare and help physicians provide quality care. And we have some great ideas at Diamond Physicians, Chris. We are doing some revolutionary things even since the last time that we spoke. Uh, we've got, now we have three locations, opening another one in Atlanta, trying to go nationwide. The direct primary care movement is gaining huge momentum. Doctors are getting it. They're getting off this insurance wheel uh, and going to cash pay at capitated rate, one low monthly fee for unlimited visits, no copay, 24-hour access to your doctor and unlimited urgent care. And now we're actually instituting something called DoctorLink, which is a revolutionary telehealth platform um, that actually provides the same doctor every time you call in. We're not a 1-800 number with a queue. It's the same provider. And we're doing that for somewhere in between $30 and $40 per month, unlimited consultation. So we think that some of these new uh, revolutionary, innovative, free market healthcare solutions are going to be this, uh, the future of healthcare uh, and really help solve this problem. Yeah, it took me right where I wanted to go because there is an effort there. Uh, the previous administration demonized and blamed the greed of people like you, the greed of doctors for all of the, for all of the exorbitant costs in healthcare. And you and I know how much of a sham that is. But let me uh, let me ask you because I was surprised and shocked to find this out the other day because uh, a physician actually called up the program and said. Hey, if I wanted to get together with a whole bunch of other doctors and go start my own hospital that we could run uh, tons better, uh, then uh, I am prevented from doing that because my, our elected leaders sold us out to those muddied interests. There is a law that prevents me from doing that. Can you detail what that law is, Dr. James? Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, I believe it was passed around 2010 where physicians cannot own hospitals. Uh, we, it's, it's illegal, especially here in Texas. I know for a fact it is illegal. Uh, we cannot band together and, and lower costs. I, I have great uh, aspirations to have a cash pay hospital that charges fair market value for services, you know, 10 cents for an aspirin instead of $80. Uh, but unfortunately, until some of the legislation changes, that is impossible. Yeah, no, and I, I took a call on a later version of the Salcedo show yesterday who said guy was scheduled to go for an MRI. His copay was $3,000. He said, I want to do it for cash, and it was 400 bucks. <laughs> and, he did it, and he got it done for 400 bucks cash out of pocket instead of his quote-unquote copay. Last thing, isn't fee-for-service your model? Isn't that the wave of the future? And shouldn't this be where the American people, forget Congress, forget our so-called leaders who have sold out to the muddied interest I mentioned, shouldn't we bypass Congress as a people? Shouldn't we bypass all of these conglomerates and start looking toward concierge medicine, getting back that relationship between doctor and patient? Yeah, the American people can absolutely choose. Uh, we have products like Diamond Physicians, Direct Primary Care, and, and Doctor Link, 
Uh, it's, I like to refer to it as membership medicine. So instead of the fee-for-service where you have to perform a procedure and, and bill a CPT code to an insurance company, capitated rate, all included one low monthly fee uh, and actually have direct access to your doctor, whether it be via telemedicine platform or in person. That's the future of healthcare. It's going to solve all of our problems, and the American people actually can make this happen by choosing uh, to find a direct primary care for provider in your, in your area or going to thedoctorlink.com and, and signing up for one of our telehealth uh, physicians that will see you anytime, any day, 24 hours a day, same doctor. Dr. James Pickney, everybody, Diamond Physicians on the forefront of trying to revolutionize medical care and bypassing moneyed interests and Congress to do it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time and expertise on the Chris Nelsado Show, as always. Oh, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Triple eight. I'm sorry, 800. Uh, I, was, I had it right the first time. Triple eight, 900, 888-900-3393. You guys want to give me some feedback on what you guys just heard. Don't you think this would be a superior way to go instead of giving your money to an insurance company so they can redistribute it out to folks who may, who may or may not need it more than you? Why not just pay for your own doctor's visits? That's the model he's talking about. Who was it? One other talk show, it might, might have been Hannity. Hannity was talking to some folks the other day. Uh, I, I, I'm on the air when Hannity's on. So a listener of mine called me up and said, hey, I, I just happened to catch this on one of his programs. Uh, folks who are doing what James Pickney does in Kansas saying, yeah, give me a low monthly fee and I'll take care of the majority of your of your health care needs. And even some of the, you know, the MRIs and all that kind of stuff, the direct fee for service is turning out to be far less expensive for the individual family. Now, granted, this. This really undermines the socialist model of you being responsible for paying for other people's health care. But it is better for you and your family. And if everybody had it in their mind that they should be able to, they should at least be able to take care of themselves and their family, then maybe we wouldn't be in this mess, this entitlement mess here in the United States. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. All right, welcome back. I've been doing some investigating during the breaks to double check what what Charles Crownhammer might have been talking about. The eligibility for uh, tax credits for certain individuals. You could qualify for tax credits to buy Obamacare plans anywhere between 100% to 400% of the poverty level. Medicaid qualification, though it varies state to state uh, and with different criteria, different age groups, they make it as complicated as they possibly can. Uh, the, the consensus, though, is around 138% of poverty line. So, for example, if you are, if you are a, one person, if you make $16,500 a year, you, you qualify for Medicaid under President Obama's expansion. 
And yeah, I, I'm not in my understanding is that Obama expanded Medicaid to folks who are not just poor, vulnerable women and children. But I think he expanded Medicaid to guys uh, and, and the disabled. So uh, and, and disabled and poor children, poor women, vulnerable women were, were those the program was set set up to help. And it wasn't 138% of poverty. It was uh, those at or, or below the poverty line. So my understanding, see, and it depends on which chart you're looking at, depends on which year. Um, yeah, see, you could be making as much as 20 grand, 20,500 and being a single person and still being eligible for Medicaid under Obama's expansion. And many, uh, for, uh, how many of you, when you were had only yourself to support, would consider yourselves impoverished if you were making right around $20,500 a year? But Obama expanded this to include millions of more Americans who didn't, who didn't, have any business being on that on those rolls with the assumption that somebody else would pay for it and that's why we have government growing at an exponential rate the cost of government our indebtedness growing at an exponential rate we can't afford it and then there's this Minuteman Health of Massachusetts and New Hampshire announced it is withdrawing from the Affordable Care Act exchanges in 2018. This was a co-op. This was one of 23 co-ops founded by President Obama, his political party, for uh, under Obamacare. Now, of those 23 that Mr. Obama took your money for, only four are left. And you have to ask yourself, well, wait a minute. If Minuteman Health of Massachusetts and New Hampshire received Obamacare money, which was not actually Obamacare money, it was your money, American taxpayer money, where'd it go? Where'd the money go? So we, we gave them all of that money. Now, Minuteman Health was awarded $156.4 million in taxpayer-funded loans. You multiply that by the other, by 23, you know, what was it, $3.6 billion of your money flushed down the toilet by people who <laughs> never run a, a popsicle stand, never run a lemonade stand, President Obama and his leftists. So I guess the broader point I'm trying to, uh, to make here, folks, is this was a boondoggle from, from the beginning. And to pay off the likes of Minutemen Health of Massachusetts and New Hampshire, the big health care moneyed interests, the health care conglomerates, the traitorous insurance companies, big pharma. They all had a hand in crafting Obamacare, which is sending us into a into a death spiral right now. These same people 
are lobbying Congress to make sure they get more of our money. And that's why I am submitting to you the reason why Mitch McConnell's having such a tough time. And I would also submit to you that if Republicans said, you know what, I'm not going to do what's best for Big Pharma. I'm not going to do what's best for the traders insurance companies or the big conglomerates. I'm going to do what's best for the people. And I'll bet you this whole situation gets a hell of a lot less complicated really fast. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two underway, the Chris Salcedo Show. You know, we didn't do the flip around the first hour, so let's get to it at the top of the second hour. Starting on the flip around, we'll go with CNN first. Trump campaign, which I believe was non-existent. The Trump administration has been responding to all of this with its descriptors, witch hunt and hoax, even though now they are acknowledging that Russia meddled in the election. But the fact remains, these are very real investigations that are pushing forward. Into- That's Michelle Kaczynski. Uh, what Mr. Trump is making allusion to, and she should know this all too well, is the fact that he colluded with Russia in any of this. I don't think, even though he's been reluctant up until a few days ago to say that Russia actually tried to meddle in our elections. Uh, what he calls fake news, what he says is a witch hunt, is the fact that he colluded with Russia to make this happen. That's what that's what he's saying. And I'm not sure whether CNN is on purpose being that clueless or if they truly are that clueless. Because the president is saying what's fake is his culpability. In all of this, if anything, it's the previous administration who bent over for Russia on so many occasions over the last eight years, which we'll detail here in a minute. But let's get over to uh, where are we going next? Uh, MSNBS through on those. Uh, so maybe some of these lawmakers say, look, what are, what are the risks I have uh, to stand against a bill that is polling so poorly, uh, as Casey mentioned? And I think, um, you know, if pigs flew on Friday, that would be a big surprise. But uh, otherwise, I think this president is probably <laughs> trying to head probably trying to head uh, on the path to try to sort of reinvent, resell uh, kind of whatever compromise they may be able to come up with. And if they can get a better CBO score, maybe sell it as a brand new start here. Uh, but I think it is interesting. You know, I covered Obama and he'd be often criticized by not getting out and selling uh, some of the legislation around the country. He certainly did a lot on health care. It was a long process. This is a very short process. Um, but the question is, is this president really going to get out and sell it? When you look back at the last few weeks, the president... That's the Washington Post, David Nakamura. And is he going to get out and sell it? There's nothing to sell yet. There's nothing to sell. You, you know what? And, and you know what? There's still no final bill. Uh, the Senate bill has to go to the House and they have to conference and they got to put something together. How can he go out and sell something and not even know what the, the details are? Um, Cavuto is, 
is detailing some of the, uh, I guess he's talking with the, the RNC chair right now. And they're talking about some of these protests in the Capitol. Let's Let's, let's listen in. There are more protests, for example, around Capitol Hill today. Uh, and, and, again, the argument being that Republicans are out to destroy health care, kill hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, how do you counter these arguments that many in the press don't even try to check out, challenge, fact check, you name it? Well, I think we always have to remember the evolution of how we got here. It was the Democrats passing a bill, 30,000 pages of legislation with no Republican input. They said you can keep your doctor. Many people couldn't keep their doctor. They said you can keep your plan. That hasn't happened. Premiums have risen. They said it was going to be affordable. And now you have insurance uh, companies pulling out of marketplaces. Obamacare is failing. And we got here because Democrats put something in place that wasn't sustainable. Well, that's true. That's the whole reason why we're going through all of this. Uh, There's a headline that just flashed across MSNBS, too, folks, that some Republicans are saying uh, they ought to team up with Democrats to come up with a solution. I was just joking a minute ago, and then all of a sudden that headline pops up. So, yeah, let's go ahead and do a deal with the same people who ruined the health insurance industry and ruined health care in this country eight years ago. Let's team up with those folks because they ought to know. Because they were reaching out to Republicans so much when they had a supermajority, didn't they? Oh, yes, that's right. Not one single Republican idea got into the Obamacare law. Give me a break. I just... See, I, I don't know, folks. The more I think about this, the more I'm leaning toward just let the thing implode. Let it implode. There is, there is no culpability the Republicans have for anything the Democrats have done. It's a Democrat bill. It's a Democrat law. Let it, let it do the damage that we all know it's going to do. That way, nobody will ever be tempted again to vote for a Democrat. But I have a sneaking suspicion the whole big push... Under the guise of, oh, we must get something done because we promised the American people. What good is it if it's the wrong thing? What good of it? What, what good is it going to do us if the Republicans are saying, you know what, we're going to take the heat off the Democrats. We're going to own a debacle of health care, just like the Democrats have done for the last eight years. But see, the difference between what will happen to the Republican Party and what happened to the Democrat Party is you had a the basket of biased press that was dedicated not to covering all of the pain the American people were going through, inspired by the Democrat Party. But they will be all too happy to report about it if it, if it has Republican fingerprints on it. Right now, the law of the land doesn't have one Republican fingerprint on it. And unless you're going to do a repeal with a bill that has a sunset provision to, re, to resurrect the insurance market, and then get government out of it, it ain't worth doing. Nothing the Republicans are going to put together is worth doing. So that's just my take on that. Now, um, let me switch gears here because we started talking a little bit about what was going on in the Russia-Trump investigation, and you heard an allusion to that in the CNN flip around where 
individuals are starting to openly ask the question, wait a minute, if Obama knew about Russian interference and it was allegedly a big deal, why, why didn't anybody do anything about it? And Trump didn't have any power whatsoever. Now, I had to laugh because Jake Tapper on CNN said, will he act? Will Trump act? He's talking about Trump. Will he act about what? Punishing Russia? Punishing Russia for trying to meddle? Where, where was the punishment for Russia when Obama knew it six months before the election? Why didn't he punish Russia then? Why is it, what, is it up to the grown-up to do it? Is that, is that what I'm to understand? Jake Tapper from CNN? Is it, is it up for the grown-up to do? Oh, but... All right, before I get into all of that, speaking of CNN, CNN, the reason why they, they allowed those journalists, I'm making air quotes with my fingers, journalists to resign uh, and retracted their story, it turns out they were threatened with a lawsuit. Uh, New York Post reporting, CNN faced $100 million lawsuit over botched Russia story for libel. The specter of a $100 million libel lawsuit scared CNN into retracting their poor reporting. That slimed an ally of President Trump. Forcing staffers responsible for the post to resign. Now, by the way, I learned that these individuals over at CNN are still getting paid. (laughs) How the heck does that work? You know what? I I guess the only thing that gets you fired from CNN without pay is if you take up a conservative cause or you report fairly. (laughs) That's enough to get you thrown out in your ear and then you're, you've got nothing. So there's that. So that's what scared CNN to actually doing some real journalism for a change. And then, well, actually retracting their fake news. Or else they would have left it up. If they hadn't been threatened with a lawsuit, they would have let the fake news ride. Because doing damage to Trump is the ultimate goal, right? Not fact. Not informing folks. And then there's the New York Times. From the Daily Caller. Sarah Palin is suing the New York Times for defamation. According to documents filed in federal court Tuesday... That were obtained by the Daily Caller. The lawsuit has to deal uh, deal with an editorial that ran the New York Times on June 14th that falsely smeared Palin as inciting the 2011 shooting of Gabby Giffords, a Democratic congresswoman, by a mentally ill man who, and I'll add this, who happened to be a communist, who happened to be a lefty. Anywho, so we talked about this at the time, the smearing of Sarah, And I think one of the more high-profile guys encouraging Palin to sue was was Rush. Limbaugh wanted her to sue. I guess after seeing what happened over at CNN, a threat of a lawsuit scaring them straight, she decides that she's going to sue the New York Times for defaming her. And I think think she's got a case. And And I think the New York Times should be raked over the coals. Because we played this for you guys yesterday with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This is, this is where 
the press expects Republicans to be. Um, the target of this, one of the targets of the story, except the apology, the president went on Twitter this morning and repeated that CNN is fake news. Why isn't their response good enough for the president? Yeah. Uh, you, in case you guys couldn't hear it, this alleged reporter was saying that the target of the CNN story that was libeled by the CNN story uh, accepted their apology and their retraction. At, and I don't even think they apologized, accepted their retraction at face value. And that was good enough for him. And that's what Republicans are supposed to do. Republicans are supposed to allow the biased press to kick them in the teeth, kick them in the private parts, and then just say, oh, that's OK. If you as long as you admit it was your bad, then fine and not retaliate and not and not get justice for being wronged now 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 when de- when democrats or liberals are allegedly wronged by the likes of fox news or conservative media oh well you know throw the book at them but republicans are supposed to be the grown-ups and just let bygones be bygones and then let these same people go back so they can continue to skewer Republicans and conservatives. But Trump isn't that kind of guy. He's going to go after you. And and apparently Palin is taking a page out of that playbook and saying, you want to screw with my reputation? You want to publish fake news about me? You're going to pay a price. Because that's wrong. It's illegal. It's wrong. And you can go ahead and continue that practice, but it's going to cost you. It's the Salcedo Show. I'll be back in a minute. Dial in, let it out. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up, our pals at Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton will be along and we'll ask him about, well, not only the, 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 the victory for the president on the temporary travel ban, but also we'll, we'll ask him about these documents that the Obama presidential library appear to be hiding from the American people that may show that certain Obama administration officials illegally improperly unmasked Trump campaign officials for politics. So we'll ask uh, Tom from Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton, about their investigation into that. Meantime, the the whole Russia probe, I I am hearing and I am feeling a bit of a change. And every single time I get excited about this, that maybe our our side, the conservatives and the Republicans are starting to get a backbone and starting to point the finger where it actually belongs. I get disappointed. They back off and and nothing gets nothing gets accomplished. It's still Trump, Russia, Russia, Trump, Russia, 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 Trump, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. That's a, I mean, that that's what we've been subject to these last, what, six, seven months now. 
but there is a narrative that's creeping in. And it was courtesy, we played the soundbite for you guys last week, it was courtesy of Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, who asked a rather pointed question. Why'd you guys wait so long? He was talking to Jay Johnson. Why'd you wait so long? Uh, you guys knew in the summer and you waited till October before you announced to the American people that the Russians were trying to interfere, which again, it's not breaking news. They try to interfere every election. It's not major news. But see, the, what the basket of bias press is having a problem with and what the former administration and Democrats are having a problem with is that right now they're saying it was the worst possible thing that could have happened in world history, the Russians interfering with our elections. And if that was the case, then why didn't Obama act? If it was the worst possible thing ever, then why didn't Obama act? And where's his culpability? And where are the Democrats who were left behind? The Obama holdovers. Where is their culpability? You know, we told you last week that Newt got in I think he was talking with the Daily Caller and exclusive and said the fix is in. There will be a scalp in the Mueller investigation, in the special counsel investigation. It'll most likely be Flynn. But there will be a scalp. And it will have nothing to do with collusion or obstruction or any of this kind of stuff. It'll be something completely tangent tangential. Uh, maybe even not even related at all. But anyway... So Newt said that the fix is in somebody is going to get hung out the dry for this. And it most likely won't be the president because he didn't do anything wrong. And, and, and now evidence is showing that definitively or lack thereof. But here comes Newt Gingrich telling Fox News Channel that if America really wants to know about what failure looks like in protecting the United States of America from Russia, they don't need to look at Trump. Trump wasn't in charge when all this was going on. The guy who was in charge, a guy by the name of President Obama. Well, let me, let me draw a distinction. I, I think you're right, and I think, frankly, we were not very smart. Uh, I mean, Jay Johnson put it right yesterday. Remember, for Jay Johnson to say the Russians had successfully done something, he had to say he failed as yes. Homeland Security Chief. Uh, and so we, we, we should have turned it back on the Obama administration from day one and said, are you telling us that you were so incompetent that for six months the Russians were doing something and you didn't know it? I think they, they would have to have said, oh, no, you know, we're not that incompetent. Mm -hmm. So I think Jay Johnson was one more, and he was a very competent guy. I think he's one more brick, if you'll put it, in that wall. Here's the problem. Mueller, who's hiring liberal Democrats, uh, as the lawyers, who came from a law firm which gave, think about this number, gave 0.19%, 0.19 of 1% of its donations went to Trump. 99.81% went to Hillary. What could go wrong, right? What could go wrong? By the way, as we're talking about those investigating Trump, a uh, very observant Salcedo Show listener, tweeted this out and I had to repeat it. Attention to the folks at CNN. Those who are or who have been under investigation, the former Attorney General Lynch, Andrew McCabe. Do you guys know Andrew McCabe, the acting FBI director, is under investigation? Internal investigation? Three of them inside of the FBI. Senator Sanders and his wife under investigation. Hillary, Hillary Clinton was under criminal investigation. 
The only thing we have that indicates that Trump may be under investigation is an uncorroborated Washington Post story that nobody is backing up, that there is no proof of. So Trump, as far as we know, is not under investigation, but all those other libs are. Last thing, Newt telling Fox News Channel that somebody's going to be called to testify in all this. And this is why I think it might be backfiring on the libs. Here's that somebody. Because guess what's about to happen? The Congress is about to have to call Barack Obama in to testify under oath about when he knew about Russian meddling. Was it really last August, as the news stories say? Who told him? Why did he do nothing? Yeah, why did he do nothing? That's the big story. Uh, We'll talk to Tom Fitton coming up. And a member of Congress, a Republican, wants to give a housing allowance to elected leaders. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up with the Chris Salcedo Show, a Republican wants to gift elected leaders $2,500 in a housing allowance. We'll get to that after we talk to our next guest, Tom Fenton, joining me now. He's the president of Judicial Watch. Founded in 1994, Judicial Watch Incorporated is a constitutionally conservative, nonpartisan, educational foundation that promotes transparency, accountability, and integrity in government, politics, and the law. Oh, so needed these days. Uh, Judicial Watch is perhaps the most active freedom of information request or and litigator operating today. Tom, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, Chris, good to be with you again. Thank you. Uh, First off, uh, before we get to one of the big reasons I wanted to bring you on, I wanted to get your overall impression of this Supreme Court ruling that was handed down yesterday, basically allowing the Trump administration to go ahead with their temporary travel ban. Your thoughts? Uh, It's a pretty darn good decision in the sense that it reaffirmed uh, the rule of law and the president's ability under the law uh, to uh, protect the safety of Americans uh, by keeping certain categories of aliens uh, away from the country. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a loophole there where the individuals uh, who supposedly have a bona fide relationship to the United States are exempt from the ban that which has been reinstated at least for now by the court. So that's going to have to be fought over. Uh, but it certainly augurs well for the president to take some additional steps uh, to make sure uh, terrorists uh, from countries that are completely out of control uh, aren't ever, aren't able to enter the United States. You know, I. I was struck by the complete abandonment of the rule of law by those who have a political agenda, who really have a personal animus toward this president. In particular, I'm referring to these lower court judges who neglected the law, neglected the actual text of the of the temporary ban, the order, the executive order, and instead looked at tweets and instead looked at campaign rhetoric to make their decision, it seems they relied on everything but the law and the facts of the executive order, and I don't understand on what basis they are able to do this. Well, what was interesting is you had all these lower court decisions, especially in the Ninth Circuit, 
basically mock the president uh, and make a mockery, as you point out, of the constitutional separation of powers. But not one justice bought into uh, that. And, uh, you know, on the, on the rulings below that prevented the president essentially from doing anything, all the justices reverse. So, um, you know, a nine-to-nothing nine victory for the president on this key issue is substantial, not only for him, obviously, uh, but it's a significant blow to the anti-Trumpers on the courts, the wannabe politicians and the judiciary, uh, that if they are really wannabe politicians, they shouldn't be in the judiciary at all. <laughs> That's true. Tom Fitton, our guest right now of Judicial Watch, folks. He is the founder of Judicial Watch back in 1994. Now, you guys broke some news. This was uh, We talked about it when it came out, but it, it just took us this long to get you on to talk about it. This was a, a couple of days ago, where it seems that the former administration, uh, which we were told, Tom, you remember, and, and at nauseum we were told by those in the in the biased press and those in the administration that they were the most transparent administration in American history, which many of those of us who knew better would would often chuckle at. But there is there is documentation that the the Obama administration has that could shed light on the improper and perhaps illegal unmasking of of individuals inside of the Trump campaign for political purposes. And those documents will not be seen by you or I. Explain to the folks how this came to be. Well, it's interesting. We asked National Security Council under the FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, for records about Susan Rice's unmasking. We've all heard about that. The Russia collusion issue, the DNC hack. And uh, the National Security Council provides support to the president at the White House for national security, as you know. Uh, we got an interesting letter in response saying, well, those are Obama presidential records that have been sent to the Obama presidential library. And the letter said, here's the address of the library, and they gave us the phone number and the email address. Well, you know, what happens is after the White House, after an administration leaves office, the White House, the records of that administration are archived with the archivists in the presidential library, and typically they're not available to the public until at least five years after the president leaves office. And uh, But in the meantime, you know, we've highlighted where they are. Uh, we're thinking of other ways to get them, but the president can get the records. Congress can get the records. Um, anyone with a subpoena, an appropriate subpoena, can get the records. So in the least, we now know where there's a good grunt, where the records are, and I wonder when those records were moved and whether anyone in the Trump White House was told about it as it was taking place, because... You know, I would presume that people in the Trump White House would have wanted to keep certain records, especially given the ongoing uh, issues with, uh, you know, the whole Russia scandal and the, and the collusion allegations. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, you know, I'm reminded of the last Democrat administration, uh, a guy that has been not so affectionately referred to as Sandy Burglar, who is sadly no longer with us. He has passed away. But here's a guy that broke in and stole documentation from uh, from the federal government that would have possibly cast a negative light on the Clinton's administration's handling of terrorism, and he, and it is alleged that he broke in, stole that document, and just it just took it away, and it, it just spirited it away, and nobody knows where that document went. He took it out in his pants, if memory serves. So it seems to me, well, and you tell me, is this action taken by the Obama Presidential Library? unusual for them to spirit away all of these documents out of the archives and in immediately into the presidential library? 
depends on the timing. It depends on whether uh, the records were uh, appropriately handled. You know, one of the issues is that under the Presidential Records Act, when a president leaves office, they can, they can designate records as presidential records, and meaning the other records they designate as personal. All I can know what President Obama took with him outside the White House, you know, after he left. And, uh, you know, those are the sorts of questions we'll be asking and following up. Right. And uh, do you anticipate members of Congress or the administration to actually subpoena some of these uh, subpoena some of these records that are in the possession now of the Obama presidential library? Uh, if they're smart, they will. Uh, I don't even know if they need a subpoena. Uh, they can just get them and ask for them. Uh, yeah. But uh, they should do what they need to do to secure, review, and disclose where appropriate the records. Last question I have for you. What do you think those records might reveal? Do you think that they might show improper uh, uh, behavior by the Trump administ- uh, by the Obama administration rather to surveil Trump campaign officials for politics sake. Well, the descriptions of the behavior and what we know publicly about the behavior, uh, we already know it's improper enough. And the question is, uh, what the records will show that will confirm that. Well, God bless you guys, uh, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. You guys are on the front lines every single day trying to bring some accountability, previous administration, and yes, to the current administration as well. Uh, where can folks go if they want to, to support the good work you guys do at Judicial Watch? Uh, they can go to our website, obviously, at judicialwatch.org, judicialwatch.org. And of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter and you know, all the social media platforms. But, you know, they can look at the documents we've been talking about. Plus, they can... Um, uh, support our great work. Yeah, well, Tom, uh, look, uh, the, the the more you guys uncover, and if you guys want to get the get the word out, especially the folks here in Texas and uh, across uh, the blaze, the Salcedo Show has three platforms that we broadcast on. Please call us up. We'll, we, we love the work you guys do, and we'll support it as best we can. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Chris. All right, folks, uh, before we go to break, some of you inquiring about Andrew McCabe the guy who is currently running the FBI, the guy whose wife was a Democrat. and uh, but By the way, one of those investigations that he's under is surrounding that, I do believe. Let me read from Circa News. Acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, a central player in the Russia election case, is the focus of three separate federal administrative inquiries into allegations about his behavior as a senior bureau executive, according to documents and interviews. The allegations being reviewed range from sexual discrimination to improper political activity, the documents show. So uh, you guys can find that on the Chris Alcedo Show Facebook page, where I have also posted maybe the reason why so many Democrats are so upset and so many liberals are storming Capitol Hill is that, uh, well, I, I posted this chart from Families USA, which is, I believe Families USA is a left-leaning group. But they show Obama's expansion of Medicaid. And in California and New York alone, do you know how many more people were added to the Medicaid rolls just in those two states? 5.6 million folks. Just in those states. I didn't include uh, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. You add those up, it's going to be a lot, a lot more. But now you understand why so many progressives and liberals are out of their minds uh, because they were allowed to jump onto Medicaid and have their medical care paid for by somebody else. And they were improperly allowed to do that because Medicaid wasn't supposed to be for them. 
but Obama made it so. And that's why they're so upset that now the grown-ups are coming in saying, sorry, you can't have this stuff paid for by your neighbor anymore. And they're rioting. Uh, coming up next, a Republican lawmaker thinks this would be a great idea. Wh- why don't we give members of Congress who make $174,000 a year, why don't we give them $2,500 per month for a housing allowance? Because, you know, it's really expensive to live in Washington, D.C. I have a few things to say about this. Coming up on the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show. Ellie, do you know who Republican Congressman Jason Chaffetz is? No, I do not. He is a Republican from Utah. All right. Uh, And uh, he is retiring from Congress. And we really don't know why. He just says, well, I guess the official reason, I want to spend some more time with his family. And I I can take him at face value. Uh, As he's leaving, though, he thinks it'd be a good idea. Just days before he resigns from Congress, Representative Jason Chaffetz, Republican from Utah, said that the House and Senate lawmakers should receive $2,500 a month for a housing allowance. Something he explained would help ease housing costs for members who can't afford two mortgages or rents. Now, look, uh, <clears throat> where do I begin? Uh, there is communal living. Jason Chaffetz, you guys, uh, why don't you and, and several of your GOP lawmaker pals uh, rent a house together to, to, to stretch out, to expand your $174,000 annual salary? Not to mention your personal investments. And I mean, heck, Harry Reid came in dirt poor and, and retired a millionaire from Congress. So we know there's tons of money there. Isn't that correct? So, and I understand it's very expensive to live in Washington, D.C., as it's the center of, of politics, center of the world, and by many estimates, a lot of, lot, lot of horse trading going on from all over the world in Washington, D.C., and so it makes property values. It's, it is it is been rated the most expensive place in the United States to live, is Washington, D.C. I get all of that. But, Mr. Chaffetz, if you find the rents too expensive inside of Washington, D.C., I mean, I mean, uh, Harry Reid lived in um, a high-rise hotel on, uh, and we all assumed on taxpayers, taxpayers' money. Um, why don't you head out? I've, I've lived in Virginia. I lived in a place called Springfield outside of the nation's capital. The property values there are a lot less expensive. Commute. Why don't you? West Virginia is, the western part of Virginia is beautiful. Grass laid out like carpet out that way. A lot less expensive out that way. You and three or four or five of your 
GOP buddies bunk up in a four or five bedroom house. And that way, and then commute in, get up early and commute in for about an hour and a half the way the, way the rest of America does. You know, why don't you, and now look, you've already got a $174,000 head start <laughs> on a lot of people. So wh- why don't you just, you do what we all have to do. Why don't you live in the world that you create for the rest of us? Now I expect, now I got to be honest with you. I expected this kind of buffoonery from a Democrat, but I, I guess it's the reason, a good reason why Jason Chaffetz is heading out the door. <laughs> yeah, on my way out, let me, let me tell you what I really feel. Because as a Republican, I don't think if he was going to stay and, re-elected, he'd, and be reelected, he'd be able to get away with proposing something like this. It's absolutely ridiculous. Most Americans are having a hard time making ends meet with your party, Jason Chaffetz, inability to rid us of Obamacare, to get rid of Obama's high taxes, to get rid of all of the exorbitant spending of Capitol Hill, and then you have the audacity to propose the American people digging that deep into their wallets and providing members of Congress with $2,500 per month for a housing allowance. Talk about tone deaf. That's going to do it for the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. See you back here tomorrow. Remember, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a grand day. Back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.